and A to Z of the Holy Land, from Arab to Zion, with Ed Kessler, founder director of the Wolf Institute. Episode 20, T for Trialogue. A time of genuine religious conversations is beginning. Not those so-called but fictitious conversations in which none regarded and addressed his partner in reality, but genuine dialogues, speech from certainty to certainty, but also from one open-hearted person to another open-hearted person. Martin Buber The term trialogue refers to a trilateral dialogue between Judaism, Christianity and Islam, the religious foundations of which are firstly monotheism, since they all share belief in one God, and secondly Abraham, who they regard as a father figure. Adherents of the Abrahamic faiths in the Holy Land have gained profound experience in polemic and apologetics, but little in genuine dialogue due to the huge political, religious, psychological and social barriers. There are also barriers beyond the Holy Land, especially when the subject of Israel-Palestine comes up. Speakers and discussants tend to be advocates of one side or another, pursuing a purely partisan agenda. Whether they take place in churches, mosques or synagogues, or during marches and demonstrations, there's little sign of genuine dialogue, as defined by Martin Buber. This brings challenges to teachers like me, especially when some students are already certain of their views before they enter my classroom. So they're slightly perturbed when, with answers already clear in their minds, I welcome them by saying I hope they leave more confused about the Holy Land than when they arrived. For Jewish students, the reasons for self-assurance are obvious. The centrality of the land of the Bible, a historical connection with the only Jewish majority country in the world, a size similar to Wales, and an affinity with 40% of the world's Jewish population. Most Jews do not separate Zionism from its deep religious roots within Judaism. Indeed, they are ready to argue that the creation of the state of Israel was an act of national liberation and that Zionism had been part of Judaism since God's promise to Abraham in the book of Genesis. For their part, Muslim students confidently point out that the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem is the third most holy place in Islam. They are ready to argue that the creation of the state of Israel, the Nakba, the disaster, uprooted an existing Islamic society which resulted in Muslims becoming a minority in a land that was once Dar al-Islam, the House of Islam. The cause of Palestine symbolizes for them a struggle against Western imperialism as well as solidarity with the suffering of Palestinians. This helps explain why free Palestine flags are often present in public protests against Western intervention in the Middle East and beyond. As for Christian students, they and their churches are deeply divided on the matter, more so than their Abrahamic cousins. While at one end there are some who conclude that Zionism represents a profane corruption of Judaism's true prophetic mission, at the other, evangelicals, some called Christian Zionists, are generally strong supporters of Israel, interpreting biblical prophecies that the modern state of Israel is a fulfillment of the biblical Israel. They also recognize that Christians in the Holy Land are caught between a rock and a hard place, not just a minority, but in Israel at least, a minority within a minority. 
There are, of course, also many Muslim, Christian and Jewish students who are as concerned about the other as they are about their co-religionists, but their voices are drowned out by the shrill screams of parochial advocacy and the heady mixture of religion, history and politics. The problem with partisan self-assurance is that it affects everyone's ability to engage in a trialogue and makes the search for mutual understanding more difficult. When one side is depicted as responsible for a conflict, the ears of the other close. Too often, advocating commitment for the well-being of one equates to a blanket condemnation of the other. This leads not only to mutual incomprehension and even antipathy, but also a reluctance to take seriously different narratives. For example, sympathy with the Palestinian cause is all too easily seen as threatening by Jews and as feeding rising anti-Semitism in the UK and elsewhere. Likewise, stereotyping Jews as being unwilling to accept any criticism of the Jewish state is as unhelpful as it is unrealistic. Stereotypes and generalizations have the benefit of simplicity, but as beautiful as simplicity is, this gets in the way of reality. For every problem, there is a solution which is simple, clean and wrong. H.L. Mencken. There exist a number of challenges before a genuine trialogue between Jews, Christians and Muslims can take place. Firstly, Jews and Christians need to be reminded that Islam is a religion, not an ethnicity. For example, not all Arabs are Muslim, and the majority of Muslims are not Arab. Indeed, there are not only Christians who are Arab, but also Jews. For their part, Muslims and Christians face the challenge in their encounters with Jews not to view Judaism as though it were a religion only like Islam, since Judaism is a culture and a peoplehood as well as a religion. A man who converts to Judaism becomes Abraham, the son of Abraham, or a woman, Sarah, daughter of Sarah. In other words, she inherits the history of a people which she joins as part of a religious conversion. It's also important to learn that neither Judaism, Christianity, nor Islam are, or ever were, even in antiquity, a united force. They are a collection of communities, and the one outstanding shared characteristic is that they develop not despite but because of unending and sometimes quite violent internal conflicts caused by diverging interpretations of the same heritage. In other words, it's essential to be prepared for conflicting views. An authentic trilogue must allow for sharp differences which is the main reason why I hope at the end of my class on the Holy Land, students leave more confused than when they arrived. Otherwise, they will end up joining those who generate noise, but not hope, becoming part of the problem and not the solution, and fail in the task of genuine dialogue. Swift's returning to nest near the Western Wall. 